Hi, everyone. Thank you for your time on this Bible study. We're in lesson three, learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. On last week, we learned that uh, the, there are nine gifts of the Holy Ghost as listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. And this week, we'll continue studying those gifts. We broke them down. They're broken down into three categories the, uh, that we studied last week, gifts of revelation. And that was a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Then we have the gifts of inspiration. The inspiration gifts is the next three, and those are speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And then the next three would be faith, healing, and working on miracles, which are power gifts. So you've got your revelatory gifts, gifts of revelation. You have your gifts of inspiration and your gifts of power. And we're studying now uh, this third lesson is also on the gifts of inspiration. This is our first lesson on the gifts of inspiration, and we're just going to deal with speaking in tongues on today. And then next week, the interpretation of tongues, and the next week, prophecy. Or I may do them both next week. It just depends. But I don't want to crowd you. I want you to be able to listen to this podcast and to get the understanding, the knowledge, and the wisdom that God intends for us to get as we come closer and closer to Him through the Holy Ghost. Now, as you look at 1 Corinthians, and most of our study is indeed in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning at the fifth verse. And I also have a scripture also in Romans. In Romans is the other scripture I want you to jot down. And that would be, um, I wrote it down and let me find it here. That would be Romans, I think it's Romans chapter 8. It is Romans 8, 26 through 27. Those are the two major scriptures that we'll be looking at on this evening. Glory to God. Uh, now, speaking in tongues, okay. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22. Which reads, therefore, tongues are for a sign, not for those who believe, but to unbelievers, not to those who believe, but for unbelievers. Now, this happened when the Holy Spirit bypasses our intellect and give us the ability to speak another language of this earth. Specifically, we're speaking a language, a human language of this earth, specifically a language that we don't know how to speak. We haven't studied it. We didn't learn it in school. We didn't learn it in college. It comes strictly from the Holy Ghost. So this type of tongue is the tongue that operated in Acts 2, 5 through 11 in the upper room. Acts 2, 5 through 11 is your background for this type of tongue. I said we speak in four tongues, four tongues, four types of tongues, only one Holy Ghost, but four types of tongue. And that might sound strange to you, but there are two public tongues, two public tongues and two private tongues. Okay. All from the Holy Spirit that help us understand more about and pay attention to the tongues when we have that unction and have that flow going from the Holy Ghost. And the first one came on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Verses 5 through 11, and this is a public tongue. Okay, the Jews heard the believers speaking in each of their native earthly tongue. And the Hispanic heard, of course, they heard Spanish, and then the French heard French. The Ethiopians heard 
Ethiopians, and this was a witness for them because one thing they knew that the apostles uh, had not, they were what they called unlearned men. And so they knew they hadn't studied it and that they didn't know that language normally so, but they were yet speaking in it. And that was only by the Holy Ghost. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're speaking in tongues, I said just a few minutes ago that the Holy Spirit actually bypassed our intellect. Why? Because the natural man, mind will fight against the things of the spirit. A carnal mind cannot receive spiritual things. So a lot of times when people are praying and asking to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, We'll tell them to focus to get their mind on Jesus and to focus so that the natural mind will surrender itself to the things of God and not fight against, glory to God, that that they're asking for, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So what he does, he bypasses the natural, amen, and he fills us with his spirit and the evidence that we are filled and his seal is upon us is that we begin to speak, it, <clears throat> excuse me, in an unknown tongue as he gives utterance. You don't have anything to do with it. Glory to God at that time. And this is the first public tongue, okay? The second type of tongue is also public, and it's also for ministry. And it's the tongues of the heavenly uh, heavenly tongues not spoken anywhere on earth, and they have to be interpreted. They have to be interpreted. So what we're doing, we're talking about two public tongues, one for unbelievers so that they will believe that come when you're first baptized with the Holy Ghost and that tongue goes forth uh, in church. It goes forth maybe when you're speaking to a person in private, glory to God, and the tongue comes forth and, and you have to have interpretation of it. Now, unbelievers, they'll be, you say, are they automatically going to get saved? They have the opportunity to, because a lot of times when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, the Lord will give you revelation and give you a word to give to them concerning something that's going on with them in their life that you wouldn't otherwise know, that you wouldn't otherwise know. So you will bring that forth. A lot of times you'll speak in tongues and you'll bring that forth first. And the second type of tongue is also for public ministry. And these tongues are heavenly languages that are not spoken anywhere on earth. Okay. One, <laughs> glory to God, they're not spoken anywhere on earth. And that means that the Holy Spirit has ascended. That's why it's a heavenly language, ascended, amen. And he's connected to us and he's connected to God. And he brings us into, amen, into the things of Christ. So when you speak in your heavenly tongue, when you speak in a heavenly language, that, that has to be interpreted. So that even though it's in public, that those listening will have understanding and won't, their understanding won't be null and void. It's best, glory to God, to speak, amen, and to have what you speak translated. If not, if it has not been transla uh, not translated, interpreted. If it's not interpreted, then it's best to say whatever the Lord gives you to say, whatever the Holy Spirit gives you to say, say it, speak it in English. Speak it in English. But hoopty la holla and hoopty la holla and he hoopty la holla without an interpretation, it leaves the congregation and it leaves uh Everyone null and void. Don't no one gain understanding from it. And when you're doing that by being a heavenly language, then there is a word from the Lord. There's a word from the Lord. So pray for interpret the interpretation. Now there could be someone present who has the gift of interpretation of tongues, and they can interpret it. If if you don't, they can interpret what was said. 
And then, glory to God, everyone's understanding is complete. So the tongues for public tongues can be translated because it's spoken in someone's foreign language. Okay? The first tongue is spoken in someone's foreign language. Okay? And it can be translated. There's a difference between a tongue that's being translated and one that's being interpreted. Okay? The first one that fell in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 is to be translated. Okay? And that's for unbelievers. That's the first public tongue. The second public tongue is to be what? It is to be interpreted. It must be interpreted without the interpretation in the church. Glory to God, then it's best to speak in English so that the church can be edified and this tongue is given for the church's edification. So we won't understand it only. You won't the whatever you're saying, whatever you're speaking in tongues, you want that to be understood. So if you don't understand it, to interpret it, it yourself, then maybe someone will be there with the gift of interpretations and they can interpret it. If not, then it's best to speak, glory to God. It's best to say if you have an unctioning from the Holy Spirit, glory to God, that he wants you to say something, then don't create a dollar tongue for it, glory to God. Don't dial a tongue. Lord have mercy. Don't do it. Don't dial a tongue for it. You don't have a tongue and he didn't give you a tongue, but he gave you a message and he gave you something to say. Then simply say it. Just say it. So that the church and those listening will be edified. Edification means the instruction or the improvement of a person morally or intellectually. So not everyone in church will operate in tongues as a public ministry, but to those who it's given to, it indeed is for the instruction or the improvement of a person morally or intellectually. So if we're all together and you're in service and someone is speaking in the heavenly tongue, the second tongue, and they're ministering in that and God has given them to minister that way, then yes, by all means, by all means, bring the message, bring the word, glory to God, and then let the interpretation go forth for the glory of God and that everyone, amen, will be morally are intellectually improved, I say edified. So when we say edification, that's what we mean. Amen. You're edifying. When you're being edified, then you have understanding because whatever God told that person to say, it came from him. And it's, amen, for our good. It's all for our good. The only way it isn't for our good is that there's no interpretation. That's why Paul said uh, uh, to, you know, that's why Paul instructed that it's best. He said, I wish that I spoke, I'd rather speak a few words, and I'm paraphrasing a few words in English, uh, than to speak a whole lot of words in an unknown tongue. And it's so that the church can be edified and grow thereby. Also look at 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 22 and 23. I believe I gave you that earlier. 1 Corinthians 22, okay. Tongues for a sign draws unbelievers and tongues for interpretation is meant for the church's edification. Okay, tongues are to bring understanding and revelation, not confusion. That's everything I just said in a nutshell, more or less. You read 1 Corinthians 14, 18, and 19. 1 Corinthians 14, 18, and 19. 
Now, when I was speaking about a heavenly tongue, I want to give you, because y'all know it, uh, an example of someone that speak in tongues and speak in tongues and speak in tongues. This is a heavenly tongue. And then you'll look at them and they'll go uh, maybe to a person and they'll bend down in their ear and tell them something. Or either they'll stand up and uh, they'll say what the Lord said. The Lord said that the church is going to do this, going to do that. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. They bring the interpretation. They may speak in tongues for what seemed like three, four minutes, maybe more. They're just speaking in tongues and they've got the whole church. They've got the attention. After all of that, then there should be an interpretation. That's what I'm saying. This is the second public tongue. It should be an interpretation. We see the prophets and the prophetess doing it all the time. We see them doing it. They'll speak in tongues and either they'll give the message out to the whole church because it's to the church. If it's to an individual, they may speak to that individual uh, out of uh, you know, publicly out loud there at church, they may say, Sister so-and-so in the black dress with the white pearls on, the Lord said, okay, that's one way they do it. Then another way, if it's private, depending on what the Lord say, they speak in tongues, but they'll go to the person, directly to the person, and you'll see them bend over, and they'll give that message to them privately in their ear. Glory to God. But this is what we're talking about, a private tongue, of a private heavenly tongue, with a private word, a private word from a heavenly tongue. There, I got that right, which is the second public tongue. The first public tongue, all right, is for unbelievers, for unbelievers. So I hope I didn't confuse you on that. Be sure and read 1 Corinthians 14, 18 and 19, and 1 Corinthians 14, 22, okay? So if a public tongue is used, it should be, to communicate a message from God to men, okay? Tongues for a sign, minister to unbelievers, and then a public tongue, glory to God, is a message from God to men, to the believers, okay? These are tongues for interpretation, all right? Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. Read that because this verse introduces us. It takes us right in from the first two uh, public tongues to the next two tongues, which are uh, the third type of tongue, okay? Type three tongues are for personal prayer, all right? Personal prayer, okay? Here the Apostle Paul is no longer talking about public ministry, but tongues for private purposes. This tongue is the personal and it's for personal edification and prayer. Paul says, pray. Look at what he says. Paul says, pray with the understanding or pray with the spirit, which is to pray with an unknown language. And it is indeed a heavenly language. First Corinthians 14 and 2 says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but to God. This tongue is different from the day of Pentecost tongue, the public tongue, the two public tongues. This third tongue is totally different. Why? Because the first two public tongues, it addressed the public. It addressed the church. It addresses people. Glory to God. This, this third type of tongue, this is a private prayer tongue. This is for personal prayer, all right? Because they were speaking in public. You're speaking to men in private. Guess what? It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's you and God. It's you and the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. So this tongue is for 
prayer, speaking in tongues for personal prayer, is between God and the one praying. Read Jude 20 and 21, okay? Why? Jude says pray. When we pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. We build ourselves up. When we speak in tongues for interpretation, we build the church up. God desires both. God desires both. He desires the public tongues and he desires the private tongues. He desires us, glory to God, to work the ministry. That's why it's empowering, glory to God, to us to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that we can be equipped, empowered, empowered to do what God would have us to do. Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If Jesus, the Son of God, had to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and needed it for his ministry here on the earth and we're left here to finish what he started, glory to God, then we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we need to understand that when we're speaking in tongues into the congregation or to the congregation, to a group of people or to an individual, this is public ministry. And one is for unbelievers and the other, glory to God, is for interpretation to the church but when we enter into the third type of tongue that this tongue is specifically for you glory to god is one-on-one -on -one between you and the holy spirit amen every gift of god is received and activated by faith every person that's been filled with the holy ghost has the ability to pray in tongues whether they do it or not they have the ability to do so Jude said when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we build ourselves up. We speak in tongues for interpretation to build the church up. But when we pray in our prayer closet, glory to God, when we enter into that prayer closet, it's on then. We're praying amen in our prayer language, and that's for personal prayer and for personal edification, and you're still being upgraded. You're still being uploaded. Edification, the definition doesn't change because you're in private prayer, because you're in personal, uh, have gone into your personal prayer life speaking in tongues. That doesn't change. You're still being uh, built up. You're still being improved. You're still being uplifted and edified through the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Nothing's like it, but you need to understand the difference, glory to God, between the four types of tongue and when to use them or what's happening when you use them. Be aware. Be aware, glory to God, so that everything and everybody can be edified the way God intends. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, now the fourth type of tongue is intercession. Okay, intercession. Look at Romans 8, 26 and 27 and read that. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Okay, let me, I'm not, I haven't turned to it, but uh, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27 says, turn two pages. And he that searched the hearts know what is the mind of the spirit, because he make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things, what did I say? Hold up. Oh, my goodness. And well, I'm going to finish it. Romans 26 and 27. Okay. 26 and 27. Y'all look over me. I'm hearing Likewise, the Spirit also helped our infirmities, for we know not what we shall pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searched the heart know what is the mind of the Spirit, because he make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 
Verse 27 says, he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the fourth type of private tongue is the tongue of intercession. Intercession, Romans 8, 26 and 27. 26 says, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searched the hearts know what is the mind of the spirit, because he make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Paul began this by saying that the Holy Spirit also helped in our weaknesses, our infirmities, where when we're weak, he's strong, glory to God. For we don't know what we should pray, but the Holy Ghost himself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So what is our weakness? What is our weakness? Uh, infirmities, that's the translation of infirmities, weaknesses. So what, what are our weakness? What is it? Simply put, our weakness is our limited understanding of what's going on in the world. We're limited to the knowledge of what's going on around us in the world. Glory to God. We don't know some things we can pray about, some things we can pray on, other things we don't know. We don't know everything. Glory to God. But there are certain things in parts of the world that affect us as a nation and as a people. That's why we pray for presidents. We pray for kings, princes. We pray for government. Glory to God. City and county. We pray for them, but we don't know everything. Amen. Nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. And when first the government goes, they tell us what they want us to know and the rest they keep to themselves. So therefore, there are times when we, when we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for. But when we rely on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit and a seed for us in the Spirit who knows everything, he prays the perfect will of God through us and we thank God and thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And we all have had those situations when we all cried out and it seemed like we all prayed out and we prayed over certain things in our uh, in our natural life. We prayed for our children, our spouses, our brothers and sisters. We prayed until we just seemed to run out of words. Maybe you pray over a sickness in your body and you just run out of words. Well, guess what? When you run out of words, the Holy Ghost knows exactly. He knows exactly what to bring to God and what to present to God. Amen. So when you're out of words, he isn't. And he makes intercession for us before God. Y'all go on and tell the Lord, thank you. I mean, we don't know everything to go on. Amen. You may have a child that's living in Texas. You may have one in Mexico. Glory to God. You can't know everything that's going on that's affected that child's life. But the Holy Ghost does. Why? Because he is everywhere. Look at what verse 27 says. And he that searched the heart know what is the mind of the spirit because he make intercession for the saints according to what? Uh, to who? The will of God. To the will of God. Glory to God. And it says right above that verse 26 that the spirit itself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Glory to God. So we don't have to worry or search for the words. Amen. All we have to do is give it to the Lord and trust him for it. When you enter into your prayer closet and into your personal situation, remember that now you are in a place in tongues, private tongues, the two private tongues for intercession. Glory to God. For intercession and for glory to God. For intercession and for uh, personal prayer. Okay. Your private prayer tongue 
and your intercessory prayer tongue, okay? So that's okay, glory to God, when you run out of words. The Holy Ghost knows exactly what you can say, what you need to say, and he'll say it for you. He searched all things, the deep things of God, and who knows the mind of God, the Holy Ghost? Who knows your mind, the Holy Ghost, glory to God? Who connects the two, uh, you to God and God to you, the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Come on, tell him, thank you, give God praise, and thank God for the Holy Ghost on today. Now, remember, amen. There's one Holy Ghost, but there are four tongues when we speak in tongues, two public tongues, glory to God, one for unbelievers and one for, to be interpreted to bring the understanding uh, to those that you're speaking in tongues to, two private tongues, one for personal prayer, glory to God, and one for intercession. So God bless you. That's the four types of tongues. I hope I was not too scattery with you, glory to God. As I said, I'm rushing. If you have any questions, you know my name and you know my number. Of course, this is Apostle Barbara Bolden, pastor of the Anointed Church of the Living God. God bless you. I love you. And God loves you too. Y'all go on now. Study, 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 study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly, rightly dividing the word of truth. Second Timothy 2.15. And you can only do that if you study now, as always, it is my prayer that the word of God will indeed touch the heart, reach the soul, and change the lives of those who receive it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you. God bless you and God keep you. And may his face ever shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, y'all have a great rest of the week. In Jesus'